You're telling me that the Getty family don't like it when they work as unionized? That's crazy. Right, oh exactly. The, Marci <laughs> the Marciano Foundation, um, the minute there's all their guest services staff uh, voted to union or, or announced they were unionizing, they just fired everybody and closed the entire art foundation. Like, just closed the whole thing down because it was a vanity project for the Marciano brothers. Um, and, you know, it, I think it's really revealing that museums sit talk this big game about being so important to communities but yet even insofar as they're even remotely important to communities which i actually reject that most museums are important um most people don't go to museums this is like a thing that we don't talk enough about like 99 percent of people <laughs> in the world will not go to your museum full stop mm. full stop so who's that one percent who's yeah, gone? How, how many how many museums have you visited multiple times for right. me, it's like the Railroad Museum of Pennsylvania and not much else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's uh, only because they have a, uh, a, a annual rails and ales where you can go drink beer. Well, oh, that sounds trains. like a witch, though. Oh, it's fucking great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> if, if it happens next year, that's maybe, maybe we, we should all go there. <laughs> yeah. Can we also talk about worker safety in museums? Oh, yeah. So um, I have also been an art handler and I'm friends with many art handlers. And so um, a major problem in the art handling field is that most art handler positions are contract positions. Specifically, most of them are in New York City, LA, the big art cities. Um, and those uh, contractors have very little protections under US employment law. And so with the rise of contemporary sculpture being so big and monolithic, you know, think of your, your Jeff Koons sculptures, think of your, uh, you know, your big like metallic public art pieces of crap you know like that stuff requires things like cranes special training you know you even get close to it you're wearing a hard hat and that because they're contractors when they do inevitably get injured because here's the thing about art that's a little bit different from working in like say industry or at least my understanding of it and uh you know justin please correct me if i'm wrong but like in art we're not really allowed to drop something right like you know i will do everything in my physical power to not drop a 40 million dollar painting and in fact, have been, job, in, <laughs> and in fact, have been in my and been in the position where, like, oh, I was lifting a giant um, Audubon elephant folio, which is like just like a truly massive book. You know, it's like the thing is like four feet long. Um, and my friend and I were taking it down because I needed to inventory it, and we took it down and we were holding it, and my arms were shaking. I'm like, Michael, I cannot hold this thing, and I'm like, well, you need to hold it, or we're going to drop it about ten feet down onto the floor because we're like high up on ladders when we're doing. And it's like, I just like kind of like willed through it. And then like my arms were hurting for like weeks after. And that's like a really minor example. But I've had friends who've uh, blown out backs. I've had, we've had contractors that we've used who are moving crates where a uh, full several hundred pound pedestals have fallen on them. And then like, you know, dudes just walk off the job because they don't have health insurance. They don't want to put a claim in. They don't want to get fired from their job because they put a claim in. And so, uh, you know, a lot of art handlers have started to unionize or have tried to get some kind of employment protections in. Because it is a very brutal field because what we're asking you to do is often has to be done with your hands, without machinery, um, and you have to follow whatever bullshit rules an artist comes up with to handle an object. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff Koontz's new thing is a uh, like a big fucking spear with a worker on the end of it. Um, I imagine even just I imagine just even just a really big painting is also like a huge hassle. Though. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've moved uh, Jackson Pollock paintings that were you know I probably twelve feet wide and eight feet tall, and like that's something you do with like ten people because you have to do it by hand, 
and you have to lift it onto a wall. You got to hang it. Um, and if you drop it, like you, you know, that painting is uh, insured for $36 million. There's no equivalent in our society for something that's so discreet yet so valuable. Mm. And it's nerve wracking. So, Handling art is yeah. very nerve wracking. Well, what imagine. <laughs> Is is there hope for unionization though? Is is there a positive note to end this slide on? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I would say that you know a lot of museums, uh, you know, there's there's a good amount of museums that unionized in like the '90s, and then there was kind of like a kind of a, a, a big death knell of that, and that recently there's been a huge spate of it. And also, even if museums are not actively unionizing, I can guarantee you that pretty much every museum has had conversations about it. I can guarantee you that people have organized within their museums without doing a union, for example, um, opposing new projects that would um, take advantage of people or require things like, you know, the equivalent of crunch, you know, a, a, work, a whole other thing is working on exhibitions The like two to three weeks before an exhibition, you're usually looking at working like 80 hour weeks, depending on how big the exhibition is. Um, people have organized against that. So they might not be forming unions, but they are putting pushback on directors they're going they're doing things like going to the press about abusive bosses and they're getting those people fired um and uh and, and racist bosses and stuff like that so i actually am very i feel very encouraged every day um at my uh comrades and colleagues for trying to make the museums a museums a better place to work um i you know we just really just need the people in power to get the fuck out of the way so that we mm. can actually make museums what they should be and what I think the public, at least in the U.S., deserves, right? You know, I can only speak to U.S. because I work for a public institution. But, like, the, the, you're the taxpayers of things like the Smithsonian. Like, you know, we exist for you. And, you know, if we're only just serving rich people or we're only just serving corporations, then we're not living out that original mission statement of to increase the diffusion of knowledge. It's to decrease, increase the diffusion knowledge for who, right? Mm. And it, it should be for you. And so that's what I just want to, like, let people know that in museums, the actual workers, we want to make it a better experience for you. And it's all the people in power, the corporations that get in the fucking way of that. And it's very frustrating, but also there's a clear villain. And the great thing about clear villains is they're easy to organize against. Mm. Speaking of clear villains, I have one more problem with the museum, right? Next slide, please. And that is, once you have the word museum out there, just anybody can call their shit a museum, <laughs> right? And it gets a bit of the sort of like imprimatur, gets a bit of like academic clout from calling itself a museum. Uh, you don't, it, it's not a particularly protected term anywhere, as far as I know. Like you can, you can put a museum up saying whatever the fuck you want, such as young earth creationism. Uh, but you can also like use a legitimate museum to uh, sort of like launder the reputation of a, a dubious actor, whether that's uh, a nation, whether that's a company. Uh, and for instance, there's a, there's a giant uh, franchise Louvre in Abu Dhabi, uh, which is like hilarious to me. It's great. There's a massive, uh, a massive modernist building there. Uh, which is like designed to make you go, "Ooh, look at the pretty art." Not ask any questions about the slave labor. Uh, which yeah. you can do, like uh, you can do, like a big statement museum, like uh, you know, in Bilbao. Uh, you know, your big deconstructivist building. You just build it, and then it's like, well, everyone's going to come from all over to see this thing. Or you can do something like 
and now everyone's copycatting that. Like, there's even like a big deconstructivist art museum in Roanoke, fucking Virginia now. Oh, sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's finally going to put Roanoke on the map. It, it did. It's already on the map. <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then, one of the weird ones is I think you can have like a a, a museum that's trying to push some like naked ideology, um, but which does have some actually interesting artifacts. I'm thinking like. The Museum of the Bible in Washington D.C. I understand well, is actually their, they don't have them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because oh, the FBI well, they made yeah. they made them give it back, right? But also, like the Spy Museum, like which is the, genuinely uh, interesting. The Newseum was a big one. Oh God, um, yeah, you know, and then um, and the then, CIA yeah. has the uh, the axe that killed Trot- the ice pick that killed Trotsky. Yeah, police museums are fascinating, and they usually run by police departments. Oh, we're gonna get canceled again because you want to be a cop. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get into no, Scotland Jeremy, Yard's museum. Jeremy was a security guard at a museum, so that that's also kind of a cop. Basically, so, a kind know, of cop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just me walking here. up to you, getting paid twelve dollars an hour to go. Like, please don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 